people said. Amen, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, praise team. Appreciate you being here and leading us. Please be seated. And again, boy, it was a wonderful evening last night. We had a great time and a lot of work went into that. Thank you for those that uh, helped us put it all together and clean it all up. It, it was a good time. And I even had several people come to my house trick-or-treating. It turns out, I didn't expect anybody because it was raining so hard. Turns out that people were driving in their cars looking for houses that were lit up and then they'd stop and run up to the house. And uh, that's what they did. It was wonderful. So I got rid of most of my candy, which is probably good for me anyway. So anyway, great time. And once again, welcome. We are right now in the middle, getting close to a few more weeks of this series that we've been calling Getting Healthy-er. Right. Okay. Because we're not talking about being the healthiest or the richest and that sort of thing. God is just asking us to get a little bit better. We're trying to make little changes that our Father's going to be able to bless and use to be healthier and better in everything that we do. That's why it's called healthier and not healthiest or just getting healthy. We're just trying to be people of the er and not people of the est. And here's the areas that we've been looking at so far. We started uh, several weeks ago physical health and financial health and emotional health and relational health, and then spiritual. And we've done the first three. We're in the middle of the, of the fourth. And last, next week, for the next couple of weeks, we'll finish up spiritual health. Then we'll kind of wrap the whole thing up on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. If you want any of these messages, they are on the website, which is a new website. It's the same address, www.salemfirst.com. There you go, .com. You go to that one, and we've got a new website up there, and all the podcasts for the last several years, as a matter of fact, are there. And you can check up if you want to miss, if you've missed any of these sermons in this particular series. All right, so last week we were starting on the relational health. Remember that? And here's what we learned from the Word of God last week. First of all, I can't repair my relationship with others till I repair my relationship with myself. Okay, you're into your sermon notes now if you want to follow those along. In other words, here's where we start. One of the big problems our relationships are unhealthy is according to the Word of God is because I'm not in a healthy relationship with myself. How do we know that to be true? Remember this passage? If you really keep the royal law, now that's it, by, by the way, remember I told you last week, this is just one of the passages in the New Testament that talks about this. Old Testament, New Testament, many passages say love your neighbor as yourself. Here James calls it the royal law. I mean, that's, well, that's pretty important when it's the royal law. Love your neighbor, what? As yourself. Implied in that is the whole idea that if you don't love your neighbor, if you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. It's just that simple. Because you love your neighbor as yourself. To the degree that you have a healthy relationship with yourself, that's when you're going to have a healthy relationship with other people. Let me see if I can explain it to you why that is true. Christmas is coming. Did you know that? It won't be but just a few more weeks. It'll be Christmas. Some of you are right now thinking of the presents you're going to get people. Let's say that you get several boxes for the people you love and you take them down to the junkyard, you take them down to the dump and you fill them up with trash and gunk and stuff and you wrap them up all in a pretty package. Would you give that to someone you love? No, of course not. You're not going to give trash to people you love. But what if you think you're trash? Wall. I'm not going to give trash to people. And if that's how I see myself, well, I won't give. But neither are you going to run out and buy a million-dollar diamond ring for all the people that you love either, are you? Well, what if you think you're just really hot? Probably you think so highly of yourself, you're just really, really, well, because you're not going to give that. You have to be in a healthy relationship with yourself. Then and only then are you actually free to be able to give yourself away to the people around you. 
But then we learn this, remember? I can't repair my relationship with myself until what? I repair my relationship with God because that's the source of the reason I don't feel good about myself or that I feel too good about myself. Either my self-esteem is so low that I think I'm junk or it's so high that I think I'm really hot property. The problem is my relationship with God isn't what it needs to be. And I've got to fix that. Because here it is. Are you ready? He's the source. And you say the source of, well, he's the source. I can't explain it any more than that. He's the source of all things good. He's the source of good relationships. He's the good source of of a good understanding, of a good self-esteem. He is the source. And when we don't feel, when that relationship is broken, and that relationship is broken because of sins and because of the things that we have done, and it just comes into this world broken, then no wonder we don't feel good about ourselves. No wonder we have either a, a too high of opinion because we're making up for all the stuff we know is true or too low of opinion. This is what Scripture says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. I really don't have to sit down with you and say, you know that you've really messed up with God. You can think back over your life and go, yeah, I know it's true. It's there. And it's that that gets in the way. And I can't have a good relationship with him. And if I can't have a good relationship with him, I can't have a good relationship with me. And if I can't have a good relationship with me, I'm not going to give myself away. I don't have a good relationship. See how it's all working here? But here's the problem. Remember? I can't fix my relationship with God. Stent, end, end of sentence, done. I can't. It can't be done. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Many of us try to fix our relationship with God, and we call that what? Religion. That's what religion is all about. Here, I will do all of these things, and my relationship with God will be repaired. I will bring an offering. I will give money. I will read my Bible. I will pray more. I will, whatever it is. Those are the things I will do. God will then like me. My relationship will be fixed, and life is good. Problem is, none of those work. That's why Christianity is not a religion. It's not about the things you do. It is a relationship, because here's what's true. My relationship with God can only be repaired by faith in Jesus. I can't fix my relationship. Good news is, I don't have to fix my relationship. God has already taken all the steps necessary to fix our relationship. He took the initiative to reach out to me and to fix what was broken. Okay, Even before I even wanted it fixed. Even before I even knew it had to be fixed. God took the initiative to reach out and to fix that relationship. He knew there's no way I could do it, and yet he wanted that relationship so desperately, he said, you know what? You can't do it. I will do it for you. And that's why Jesus Christ came to die for us. And as we put our faith in him, as we're saying, okay, he fixed the relationship. He did everything necessary to heal our relationship with God. All I've got to do is say, thank you, Jesus. I'll take it. That's what scripture says, talking about our salvation. We had nothing to do with it. Read that first sentence with me, please. Here we go. Ready? We had nothing to do with it. One more time, a little more conviction. We had nothing to do with it. Okay, it's not about what you do. It's what Jesus did. That's why we're called Christians, Christ followers. He did it for us. We want to say it's all his idea. 
for God's idea, from the very beginning, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. I didn't even know my relationship was broken. God said, you know, it's broken. You don't even realize it. I'm going to fix it. But we know now, since the appearance of our Savior, since Jesus came, nothing could be plainer. Death defeated, life vindicated in a steady blaze of light all through the work of Jesus. This is... We'll talk about it more in that class next week, and hopefully there'll be some of you who just want to come and learn it, but this is, this is central, right? This is key. That's why I'm not trying to teach you to be really good people so God will like you. God loves you through Jesus Christ, and all we have to do is receive him and say, Jesus, what you did, I want. I'll take it. You did it for me. It's mine. Okay, ready? That was last week. Now we're ready to move on. Here we go. Let's take a look at the rest of this whole thing about building healthy relationships, what the Bible has to say about it. And we're going to talk about the pathway to healthier relationships. So much of Christianity is about relationships. Now, sometimes we make Christianity way too much about that personal relationship. It's just me and Jesus. I came in to faith in a very strong evangelical time when uh, people were learning how to share their faith and it was all about... Um, that personal relationship, because that was the key thing right there, okay, is that personal relationship. And I'm not saying that's not important, but unfortunately what happened is sometimes we minimize the whole idea that, that the relationship that we're called to is not just a singular relationship with, with God. It's out this way. It's bi-directional, okay? This way and this way, just like that. Because it's not just about me. It's about us. And so much of Scripture is, learn, is, is teaching us to learn together in good, healthy relationships. Relationship with those people around us. Relationships at home, at work, or the church. That's why in the New Testament, the Bible speaks so many times of the one another's. Can anybody give me an example of a one another? What does the Bible tell us about one another? We should love one another. What else? We should what? Pray for one another. We should encourage. We should uh, serve one another. Do you know how many times it is in the New Testament? 59 times in the New Testament it says one another. 59 times. Here's the key about one another. You can't do it by yourself. Okay? One another requires what? Relationship. Yeah, more than one person. You got to have it. 59 times. That's how important healthy relationships are in the Word of God. We can't live Christianity on our own. We cannot live out our faith unless we're in healthy relationships. That's why this is really so important. The Bible tells us how to do this, by the way. It talks about how to move into those healthy relationships. First of all, of course, it always starts with getting in a healthy relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about last Sunday. Today we're talking about the things we can do to make sure we're in healthy relationships with one another, whatever that one another may be. Paul even writes about it, and he uses Jesus as an example, and this is what he says. He's writing to the church at Philippi and says this, Don't be selfish. Have you ever seen the, uh, the, the veggie tales about being selfish? I ever hear that. You're so selfish. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what 
they're doing. And he's going to want to use Jesus. Your attitude should be the kind that was shown by Jesus Christ. Okay, if you want to know how to be in a healthy relationship, well, look to Jesus. Who, though he was God, didn't demand and cling to the rights as God. Stop. Just last week, did you cling to any rights and demand your rights in a relationship? Hmm. But he laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. We're going to celebrate that in just a few weeks. Four weeks from today, we'll be having our hanging of the green service, the beginning of Christmas season, where we celebrate what we call the incarnation, God putting on flesh, coming right here, is Jesus Christ. And he humbled himself. By the way, let's stop just for a second. We're going to talk more about the importance of being humble, because it's really important in relationships, but I'm just going to tell you, you have a choice. You can do it yourself, or you can have God do it. Don't choose the second one, okay? There's a, there's a word that we use for the process when God humbles us. What is that word? Humiliation. Humiliation is the process of God humbling us, and it isn't pretty. How much better to humble yourself? He humbled himself even further, going as far as actually to die a criminal's death on a cross. Boy, there he lays out, you want healthy relationships? It always starts with that relationship with God because when you're in that relationship, you've got a good relationship with yourself, you're able to give. But now, how do we live it out in the real world? First of all, Paul starts by telling us this, two things that will poison any relationship. He starts this whole passage with those. These two things will poison any relationship, power and prestige. Remember what he said? Remember what he said? He said, don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. In other words, what we're saying and what he's saying to us, when, this is when I use relationships to make me feel better about myself. That's what happens when I'm really into power and prestige. We're supposed to get our self-esteem from our relationship with God, but sometimes what happens is we get our self-esteem from the relationship with people, our ability to control them. Have you been in a relationship where you were controlled? Have you been in a relationship where you were the controller? Lots and lots of ways that we use to control the people around us. Lots of ways to show our power. Sometimes it's through anger. Through anger, I get my way, and I set myself above, and I rule, and you serve. But sometimes it's not anger, it's, it's pity. Sometimes it's uh, other ways. Let me show you what happens when, when you try to use power in a relationship. Jesus, uh, of course, had his 12 disciples, and uh, they were kind of always jockeying for power. I mean, he had a great relationship because, of course, he was the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were still learning this whole thing, and they would kind of, you know, who's... Finally, James and John came up to Jesus one day and said, uh, we want you to do whatever we ask. That's... Okay, a problem right there, okay. Anybody that comes up to you and says, whatever I'm going to ask you and I want you to do no matter what it is, you go, mm -hmm. I don't know. Jesus didn't promise. He said, okay, what, what are you looking for? 
And they said, when you come into your glory, we want to sit one on your right and one on your left. In other words, when you're up there on the platform, we want to be your left-hand man and your right-hand man. And the other ten can just take whatever's left over. We just want these two places. And Jesus talked to them a little bit and says, do you really want to do that? And they said, oh yeah. And they said, well, you don't even know what you're asking for. And then he said, but by the way, it's not mine to give anyway. Then. But then the other ten disciples heard about it. Of course, they live together, they're walking together. You can't keep something like this secret. How did they respond? Oh, I wish I would have thought that first. No, this is what it says according to Scripture. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant. What a word, huh? I think that probably just minimizes what he was, how do you really write? They were, what are you doing, you lousy, rotten creeps? You think you're better than we are? Whether they said it, they were thinking it. And that's what happens in a power relationship. That's what happens when we try to control the people around us by being selfish, using them for our own self-esteem, trying to place ourselves above them. Nothing breeds dissension like a good old-fashioned power play. Anger, sometimes it's kindness. You ever, been, you ever been controlled or attempted to be controlled through kindness? Yeah. People bring you something and you go, okay, what do you want? What do you want? This is a power play going on here, isn't it? What do you want? Little children do this all the time. We're supposed to grow out of it. We don't. The pity person who attempts to control their relationships through how pitiful they are. It's all just power play. It's all just an attempt to use the relationship to get what I want. Sometimes we use the relationship to, to make our, ourselves feel superior and better. Jesus warns us about that. As a matter of fact, he even told a story one time. He said he talked about this, this king who gave a, a banquet and, and people were come in and in, in, in their day, you were placed around the table in a specific order because they really had a very regimented society. And of course, the guest of honor always sat right next to the, to the, the host and, the, and people would come in and, and so they would try to jockey for position, you know. They'd walk in a little early so they could take a better place at the table. And Jesus said, don't do that. Don't try to use these relationships, these friendships to, to, to get a better place at the table because you know what's going to happen? You're going to take that better place and then the owner of the feast is going to walk in and say, hey, you're in the wrong spot. You get down there. And instead of being lifted up in the eyes of everybody, you're humiliated. He said, you know, the better thing to do would be to take a low place. And then the owner may come in and say, friend, you're way, way, way too down the table. Come on up with me. And then you can be exalted because this is what he said right here. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. If you're going to use your relationships to build yourself up, to make you feel good, to make you feel important, there's a promise from the word of God. The fall is coming. It's going to happen. When you exalt yourself that way in a relationship, you will be humiliated somewhere. Particularly if you're a Christ follower. Why? I already told you. 
God is in the process of making us humble. And the process he uses is called humiliation. You don't use the relationships to make yourself feel better. The two things that will poison a relationship is power and prestige. But then Paul goes on and he talks about this. He says, now let me tell you some ways that will uh, exalt you. Some ways that will build your relationship. Paul tells us about the two things that will poison really, but he also says this. Two things that will bring health to any relationship are these two things. Ready? Humility and honor. These are the things that we can bring into a relationship that will bring health. Humility is so important, as I already told you. You can do it on your own, or God can do it for you. Let me tell you a time God did it for me. Because I've done this. When I was in college, and uh, I did rather well in college. Uh, I only got one B when I was in college. It was in preaching, so there you go, all right? <laughs> Beyond that, it was a straight A. I, what do I do? Anyway, that's, that's just God's sense of humor, but that really wasn't the thing. Anyway... There were three professors, they were wonderful people, and I really respected them, admired them, and um, one day they were going on, because there was a little coffee shop there on campus, Northwest Nazarene College, now university, and um, they invited me. They were walking past, and they said, hey, Doug, why don't you come have a cup of coffee? Whoa, we're talking three big names, they'd written books, they were big mucky mucks in the Church of the Nazarene, which is where I was at the time, and whoa, this is great stuff, you know, I'm feeling really important. So we went out for coffee right there at the coffee shop there on campus, and they're talking all this stuff, and of course it's way over my head. And, but I decided that I would, I would participate in the conversation, you know, just to show them how smart I was. And I remember saying something, I don't remember what it was, but what I remember is when it was all done, there was that silence, you know, <laughs> that just sat over the table for about 30 seconds. And they were kind, they didn't look at me and say, keep your mouth shut, you stupid person, okay? Because that's how I felt. They just, thought, hmm, and they went right on with their conversation. And I learned, keep your mouth shut, Bailey. You don't know nearly what you think you know. Don't use this relationship to build yourself up. Learn. Take the position you're supposed to be. Listen to these wise individuals and learn. When we bring humility into a relationship and honor into a relationship, this is what happens. In other words, when I make the relationship more about us than about me, the things that will poison a relationship is when I make it about me. It's through that, that power and the prestige, the selfishness that we use our relationships for. God says if you want that healthy relationship, if you want to move into that, then you make the relationship not about me, you make the relationship about us through humility and honor. Write this down, this is important, ready? Humility is how I see and treat myself. That's how I look at myself. That's what humility means. Now there's lots of misconceptions about humility, lots of ways that we think humility is, and so we want to clear those up right now. This is very important because it, you have to be humble. There has to be humility if you're going to bring that into a relationship, if a relationship is going to be healthy, if we're going to bring it healthier or make it healthier, we have to bring in humility. But sometimes we don't understand humility. We think humility is, oh, I'm just so, I'm just so, oh, I'm just so bad, I'm just so stupid, why do you even like me? That's not humility. Write this down, very, very important right here. Humility doesn't mean thinking less of myself. And that's what some of you think humility is. 
I'm a humble person, which means, oh, I'm just not very gifted. I'm not very smart. I'm, I'm not very good at this. Could you imagine walking into your surgeon with that kind of humility? Oh, I'm not a very good surgeon. I don't really know what I'm doing, but uh, here, well, I'm going to put you under and I'll slice you open. <coughs> no, thank you very much. I, I really don't need that kind of humility in your life, but I also don't want you to think you're God either. Humility isn't about thinking less of yourself like that. Jesus once said, Come to me, all you who are, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and... Do you remember what the next phrase was? I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus was humble, and he was God. Do you think Jesus was walking around going, Oh, I'm just not a very good God. I'm not really good at all this. I'm a terrible Savior and all this. I don't know why you even pray to me, but ridiculous and yet he was humble maybe it's time to understand that humility is not about putting yourself down when you put yourself down you know that's probably a power play that's usually an attempt to get the other person to like you better and it's a power play we already talked about that you know what humility is humility is not thinking less of yourself Humility simply means thinking of myself less. That's all there is to it. You see, um, many of us need to work on that. Many of you have one of your greatest enemies when you're trying to do this, and it's called the smartphone. And what can you do on the smartphone? It's called a selfie. I, um, I've only taken a few selfies in, in my whole life with this thing, and it's because every time I do take a selfie, I look at the picture and go, who is that old man? I just, <laughs> strangely enough, when I look in the mirror, I still see myself, you know, when I'm 35 or whatever. When I take a picture, there's something about a picture that just brings out the fact that, whoa, what happened? So I don't take a lot of selfies, all right? Some of you take a lot of selfies. Well, you know what, it's all right. If you want to take a lot of selfies, but could I... Do you really think about yourself that much? I mean, if you take a few selfies, that's all right. You're, but maybe, maybe you have too much of yourself on you. Maybe you're a little too worried about how you're looking to everybody around you. Maybe you're walking into a group, and instead of walking into a group and saying, how can I help this group? How can I be part of this group? Who needs my help? You're walking into the group saying, I wonder what everybody in this room thinks about me. When in fact, you'd probably be surprised. They're, yeah, nobody cares. They're not thinking about you at all. <laughs> You're not that important to them. You may be the center of your own world, but not theirs. They glance up and see you. Oh, no, yeah, oh, he's here. Great, wonderful. And then they move on. But we don't think it. We think they're all looking at us, you know. It doesn't work that way. See, being humble doesn't mean putting yourself down. It just means let's not think about ourselves very often. That's what it means. It means thinking not less of myself, but of myself less. This is what Scripture says. For by, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. That's what humility is. I am loved by my Father. I'm a good guy. 
My father approves of me. He's making so many changes. I'm not the greatest person in the world. I'm not the greatest preacher. I'm not the worst. I'm just a good guy. And I get my self-esteem from him. And I don't have to worry about whether you... Now, I want you to like me. I really do. I don't like to be disliked, and that's happened. I've gotten lots of anonymous letters over my career that, that had um, interesting, critical things to say about me <laughs> and sometimes my heritage. It happens. It, anybody that's going to stand up on the platform and take position of leadership, you're going to get that from time to time. But it didn't destroy me or kill me or make me want to give up. I get my self-esteem from my father. I know who I am. And I know the changes that need to be made and I trust my father's going to make them. And I want to bring into any relationship just a humility. And I don't mean walking and going, oh, I'm just so bad. I'm not. But I don't want to bring into that relationship just thinking about me. I'd like to think about myself even less. And you know why? Because I have a father who cares about me. Scriptures are already read about Jesus said, you know, sparrows will send what? Two for a penny? But not one of them falls unless your father... My father knows me. He cares about me. I don't really have to worry that much about me. I have the living God on my side. Which, by the way, is a good warning for y'all, too. I am a child of the living God. Don't mess with me, all right? You have to speak to him about it. I won't have to defend myself. I don't. I have my father. But bringing health into a relationship is more than just bringing that humility, which is how I see myself. It's also honoring. Humility and honor. Humility is how I see myself. Honor is how I see and treat other people. What does it mean to honor? Because that's what it says. Scripture does say to honor one another. What does it mean to honor? Years ago, Years ago, I was listening to this, this one guy who was talking about marriage relationships and all that other stuff, and I don't even remember his name, but I still remember his, his illustration when he was talking about honor. He said, honor is like this. When you look at someone and go, it's so good to see you. You mean I get to be your friend? I get to know you. Whoa, what a privilege. Honor. Wow. Wow. How do we treat the people around us? Do we honor or ignore? Use? This is what Scripture says. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. What would happen in our relationships if we were able to be humble and honor. Got a little video I want to show you right here. Ready? Here we go. I hope. It's close. Actually, I can hear it, so it sounds like it's been plugged into the wrong plug. Could we uh, go back, please? Thank you. There we go. 
Yes, that's good. Humilify. Wouldn't it be great? Just a little pill that you, it doesn't quite work that way. But still, it is, that's the key to building your healthier relationships. We just have a few more minutes, and so let's really get practical, shall we? Let's get practical about what we can do to make these relationships really healthier. First of all, there's this, ready? Forgive and seek forgiveness. This is key. Boy, we have to be, if there's too much pride within our lives, it's hard for us to ask for forgiveness. It's hard for us to give forgiveness because we're just so prideful. The Bible says this, be gentle with one another, sensitive, Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. You want six words that will bring radical health to your relationship? They're not in your sermon notes. You get to write these down on your own. Ready? Here they are. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Oh, my word. Try that out sometime. Be prepared. Your friend, spouse, parent, child will probably faint. (laughs) But oh, the difference it makes. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Notice that um, the word but does not exist in there. I told you before, it's our big butts that get in the way. That's what hurts us. (laughs) I was wrong. But let me tell you why. I really wasn't wrong and you were even more wrong than me. I was wrong. Please forgive me. The next thing that brings health, our relationships healthier, brings health into our relationships, it's gonna, it can only happen if there's that humility that we're, that we're asking for and if there's honoring that we want to do. And it's simply this, be sensitive to other people's feelings, Okay. This isn't just asking forgiveness. This is actually trying to figure out and hear why and what they feel. Now, this is hard for some. This is easy for some. This is hard for me. I don't think this way. I've taken a personality test. I'll give you the same test, find out what you are. I am the type of person that I'm I'm an introverted type of person, and and I, I live kind of inside my own world. Okay, many of you after I've been your pastor for 11 years, know that, right? I live in, in Doug Bailey land. That's all I can tell you. It's, it's, a, it's a world I've created in there. It's where I exist. And sometimes I'm a little out of touch with what's happening around me. Now, my wife is quite the opposite. My wife actually senses emotions. And so we can be standing side by side and we can talk to people and then we can walk away. And she said, boy, that person was really sad. And I'll go, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Because I don't even get it. Now, that may be who I am but my father doesn't take that as an excuse he doesn't look at me and say well I know that's how you are but I've created you to live above that through your through my spirit I can help you be aware of what people are feeling because it's the most important thing about them it's the most personal thing about us is what we're feeling and so many times in our relationships we want to dismiss other people's feelings reject them or attempt to change them how many times have you ever said to somebody well they say well i feel this and you go, well that's stupid you shouldn't feel that way now what i just said was you're stupid 
wall. That's what they're feeling. Don't dismiss it. Don't reject it. Honor it. Try this sometime with uh, your teenagers when they come in, or a spouse or anyone else. If something's going on in the, during their day, don't, uh, don't give them advice. Don't just immediately jump and say, well, you should do this, 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 and this. Please adore me because I'm so smart. What if instead you looked at them and said, wow, you must be feeling pretty lonely. Whoa, that must have hurt. You're feeling pretty good, aren't you? Identify their feelings. Tell them and watch. Whoa! They hurt me. I must be important to them. They actually listened for what I feel. This is what the Bible says. This is how important it is. Ready? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. In other words, be sensitive to the feelings of the people around you. Don't just dispense advice on how they should live. Don't just put up the wall where you listen and then you're off in your own world. Try to hear what they're really feeling. And one final way then in bringing health into our relationships and we'll be done. It's right here. Look for ways to help. Look for ways to help. <laughs> see, the best illustration I can come up with right here was um, taking out the trash. Why is that an issue in some families? I mean, for some people, do you have that rule in, in, in your house that whoever fills up the trash can has to take it out? You know, And so people cram it down and do everything they can to make sure they're not the last person. How many times has someone said, well, well, you take out the trash? Okay, that's not a big deal, but you know what? What if you didn't have to be asked to do that? What if you actually looked for ways? See, this is what the Scripture says. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Isn't that what we just talked about? Paul just wrote this. That's how we started this whole thing in talking about healthier relationships. The trash can. Don't ask. Just do it. Change the baby. Fold the laundry. Put away the dishes without being asked. Wipe down the counter. Fill the gas tank instead of bringing it home empty. Clean up the bathroom after you've been brushing your teeth and shaving and doing whatever else you do, instead of leaving it as a mess for someone else. Incredible, simple, little things. Instead of waiting to be asked to do all this, what if we walked in to our homes and our businesses and our relationships and our friendships and our church and we saw things that needed to be done and we just did them? Or we can sit back and wait and be nagged. But could I tell you, you deserve it. You deserve to be nagged because it was the only way to get you to participate in the family. Don't be upset with a nagger. 
do it. Don't be so obsessed with your own way, but look for ways to help. Now, as we, we close this, because we're ready. There's a couple of reasons why building these healthy relationships is so important. Okay? It starts always with that relationship with God because I have to have a good relationship with myself. I can't do that as a relationship with God. I can't do it on my own through Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now I'm a child of the living God. I can love me. I have no right to not love me. If God loves me, if I don't love me, then what I'm saying is my standards are higher than God's. God has a good standard, but my standards are higher than God. He can love me, but I can't. Okay? Your standards aren't higher than God. If your standards are higher than God, they're too high. Bring him down. You are a child of the living God, and he loves you so much. Now you are worthy to be given away to people. But in that relationship, don't use that relationship as a way of making yourself feel better. You shouldn't. You're already feeling good in God. But through humility and honoring, you pour health into that relationship. And here's why this is so important to God. This is why this is huge. First of all, there's nothing that brings us more misery than unhealthy, broken relationships. Can I get an amen to that? And you know it. And our Father doesn't want us to live like that. But there's something else. Our Father wants us to be an example to the whole world. He wants to be able to say, you know what? When you become a Christ follower, when you follow me, I can bring health in your relationships and it's going to be the most visible thing that people will see out there that has made a difference in your life. This is what Jesus said to us right here. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father. Nothing is going to bring praise to Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to be more attractive to the people around us than if our relationships get healthier and healthier and healthier. And at some point, they want to say, I can't maintain a healthy relationship. How are you doing that? Have you been married for 42 years? And you got married at age 19, Linda and myself. How can your family be like it is? How can your church really love one another? I want to know how to do that. And we have one single answer, and that answer is Jesus. He's the only difference. He's the difference that's in my life. He's what's making me who I am. More glory, more honor, more praise because of healthy relationships than anything else. Okay? How do you do it? Well, good relationship with God, loving yourself, and bringing humility and honor into our relationships. Father, thank you so much. Now, if we're talking about getting healthier. It's not going to be the type of thing that we, we, we leave here and boom, instantly our relationships, our marriages, our friendships, our church, everything is healthy all of a sudden. Father, it's going to take a while as we take step after step after step. Father, you've already done everything that we really need done. You've, you've brought us into a relationship with you. But now it's up to us. And for some of us, it means we have to choose to be humble and think of ourselves less. But Father, we're also going to do something else. We're going to give you permission. If we're unwilling to be humble, but we really want to be, then Father, you have permission to make us humble. And we know that will hurt. But it's so important 
that we learn to have a proper opinion of ourselves. Help us to bring that humility into our relationships and to honor the people around us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to move into what we call our sailor time. And if those who are going to help me with communion would come forward. Sailor just means stop and think about it. It just simply means we're going to give you a few moments. And it could be that the Spirit will speak to you about your relationships. It very well could be that very soon, maybe even this afternoon, you're going to have to sit down with someone and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And we'll leave my big butt out of it, okay? It could be that today we'll go home and find the mess and just clean it and not even expect to be noticed for it. Something our Father will want us to do to make our relationships healthier. We serve with call open communion here at uh, Salem First, and it just simply means the communion elements will be available. You can be a first-time visitor and receive them. Some people receive every week. For others, it's an occasional, it's completely up to you. But we're going to give you a few moments. The praise team sings just to hear from our Father and maybe one clear action step, one, that you want to do today or sometime this week to bring health into your relationships. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and when he 